everybody and welcome to the Coach Shop Podcast. My name is Fima Adeboye and again we're doing this by Zoom because of lockdown and everything that's going on in the world. But I do have my special guest here today. Um, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, um, my name is Sejal Shah and I am a fashion designer of two separate labels. Excellent. And what, what are the labels? So my first label is my namesake, Sejal Anuja Shah, which is a couture label. And the latter is a new label that I've just set up in lockdown mm. called Anu. Um, and it's almost a derivative of my initial brand, um, bringing my design style to a more ready-to-wear market. Nice, nice. And so you've got two brands and what was the inspiration behind you getting into the fashion business? <laughs> Honestly, I mean, it's, it sounds so cliche, but um, my mum always says that I was about nine years old and I always used to just sit and sketch clothes. Whatever I saw on TV or in magazines, I would literally just kind of sketch clothes. Um, so fashion has always been something that I've loved. I left school um, having done everything fashion-based in my art classes, whatever it was, whatever project we had, I would always find a way to kind of relay it back to, to fashion. Yeah. Um, I went and did a foundation um, in, in fashion again. And from that, I was told about a course that specialised in high-end couture design and production. So I went to the University for Creative Arts mm -hmm. and did a course called Fashion Atelier. So studied everything high-end couture, got experience in the industry and just really found my forte in what I wanted to do. So yeah, that's basically how I have ended up where I am at the moment. That's, that's really cool. And again, with the inspiration, is it more in the South Asian side of things or where does it's it? It's a mix of both. So I, as many, as many people are, I was born in the UK, but both my parents are from India. Um, they actually both lived in Africa for a while before coming over as well. So for me, before I went to university, it was definitely all about Western design, red carpet gowns, all that kind of stuff. That was what I was immersed in. And then I went to university and I was one of a few um, colored people, essentially brown, um, brown people on my course in my year. Wow. And um, I was in Kent. Okay. in the middle of Medway um, at the time where like UKIP was going crazy as well there were there were all sorts of different things going on in that in yeah. that area um, I live in Wembley it's a very Indian area so I kind of went from being in a very Indian area to a very not Indian area and it was definitely a culture shock and it really pushed me towards my heritage and my my cultural background and so what I try to do in my designs is bring the two together in a way that is representative of my identity and obviously the identity of so many people in the UK and that sort of crossover, the, the dual identity that we all have. So yeah, that, that's where a lot of my inspiration comes from. No, and it's really cool just to hear that backstory. For me, I live in Howard the Hill, so. Oh, no, really? Yeah, they're serious. Well, I've been living- Do you know what? Yeah. My, my studio is at the bottom of Howard the Hill. Don't lie. Whereabouts in Howard? <laughs> I, don't, I don't give too much information, but is it? <laughs> So, I mean, it's it's a shop front anyway, so it's okay. fine. It's, I'm in I'm in South Harrow. Oh, you're in South Harrow, dude. Yeah, literally at the bottom of Harrow on the Hill. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. I, I think it's I know. It's a small world. Very <laughs> yeah. much small world. 
Yeah, so for me, like, um, so funny. Yeah, so I'm um, Northwest. I was mostly West as well. So yeah, where I grew up, I actually grew up with a lot of South Asians as well. Yeah. Um, so I lived in Hayes, lived in um, yeah. Hanslow, that kind of area. So that infusion of you know cultures coming together, and um, yeah. I think now that we're talking about you know different backgrounds, different races, and how we are as British people, trying to showcase exactly. different segments of where we all come from, it's really cool. Yeah, I, th I think it's so important. And I'm, I mean, at the moment with everything that's going on in the news in terms of Harry and Meghan and all this kind of stuff, I think there's such a, a larger conversation that is being had at the moment in terms of race and culture and colour and that kind of thing. And I think that being in London and being brought up around all different cultures, because as much as Wembley is a very Indian area, I know that when I was in school, I was surrounded by people from all different walks of life. Mm. Um, London, as it is, it's such a multicultural place yeah. that, um, you know, I think it's really important that there is an outlet for people to be able to express themselves and to be able to really showcase their, their own identities. And obviously clothing is something you wear every day. Mm -hmm. um, as many people might find it very superficial, but I think that that is always the first impression that you give people, the way that you dress, the way that you, you are, how they see you. So I think that it's really important that there is an element of that in the way that people are yeah and the way that people can dress this it needs to be accessible yeah yeah completely agree with that and i guess with clothes it comes with the confidence of you know showcasing yeah. who you are as well is that something that your brand is trying to achieve with you know females wearing this definitely clothes? there's so much more to fashion and in terms of how i want to establish my brands obviously uh, anu is a new brand it's not established yet mm. Um, but my experience in in terms of the couture side of the industry, there's a specific way of working that I think is lost to many brands. Nowadays, you're always looking at fast fashion and, and the way that people are producing things. It's all kind of cheap and inexpensive and, and just always turning over. Um, and I think that for me, there's there's definitely a big element of having confidence in who you are. Um, being able to invest in pieces that you know that you'll be able to wear over and over again, good quality, that kind of thing. So there's definitely a deeper message in, in what I want to carry, confidence, independence, um, empowering people who wear my clothes is definitely in, in, the sort of in line with everything that I want to do. Yeah, and it's so yeah. important. Yeah, and I think even though we haven't got many places to go right now, I think we're all yeah. ready when that ha that moment happens to definitely show up. We'll be ready. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. I do, have a, yeah. I do have a bit of a controversial question, and you know, yeah, to answer the way you want to answer it. But because of your style of clothing being obviously rooted in that um, South Asian, you know, orientation, what's your viewpoints on different people wearing that clothing, and is that cultural appropriation, or how do you see it? Do you think it's a showcase of you know? I, th I think that I think that there's a very fine line between the two mm. um but I personally don't have I think if it's done respectfully um I, I personally would have no issues with anybody wearing my clothes because that's exactly what it is it's not an Indian style it's actually a very western style with influences from my own background yeah. um but I wasn't born in India, I was born in in London. So to, to sit here and say that, no, I think that if anyone else tried to wear my clothes, I think that that would just be very hypocritical of me. 
Um, there was obviously a fine line where, if you know the backstory of different things, as and I'll speak personally for for my background. Um, you know, when I see T-shirts that have um, images of of all the different gods on them and that kind of thing, I think that is where I would say it's too far. But when you're looking at things like embroideries and and fabrics and that kind of thing, I don't see why um, it they can't be enjoyed by everyone. Yeah. And I think it's just the idea of understanding where it came from and, you know. Of course. Yeah, that's, that's the key, really. It, it's hard to say, oh, yeah. I do my research for everything, but it's almost yeah. the line of respect. And if you do it with respect and kindness, then it's not really an issue. Most Definitely. Things. I mean, it's things as, and, and I, sometimes I, I try and avoid getting involved in this particular conversation, but there's always this thing about um, girls wearing bindis when they go to festivals and that kind of thing. And I think that, there are certain elements of that that yes, there are there are some connotations for specific types and and sort of with Hindus and stuff the the red symbol that they wear women wear when they get married is absolutely fine. But um, things like the crystals that they wear and more often than not, if they're wearing them in different places, that they are just elements of um, sort of accessorizing and and that kind of thing that that I I only wear when I wear Indian clothes. I don't wear I don't wear bindis on a daily basis. I wear them when I wear Indian, Indian clothes, um, especially the ones that have got the crystals and things in them. So there are elements of that that you kind of go, okay, it can be quite convoluted in in where the line is. Mm. But you, when you're living in a multicultural society, there there has to be some give and take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you feel like there's a need to sort of somewhat provide that education, or do you think it's just like, okay, here you are with that? information it's all online you've got to do the research and figure out what works for you and what doesn't no I think that that there is always a responsibility for the the founding culture to provide a level of education um for the things that are wrong but I also think that when it comes to cultural appropriation it comes down to opinion quite a lot Mm. so where you can say yes people need to be educated for for things like the religious reasons and that kind of thing that that would be disrespectful to wear and and style and that kind of thing um with other elements but I think it definitely comes down to personal opinion and, and if somebody wants to research um something that isn't as vital mm-hmm. to to something like religion or that kind of thing then it is in there it is in you know the individual's hands to go and do so yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. And I think we all have that responsibility, but at the same time, yeah. this is a form of celebration, you know, with your clothing, it's more to... No, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just switching gears with um, just everything that's going on with lockdown, how have you found that experience for yourself and your business? Um, <laughs> business-wise, it's definitely... Sorry, you just sense that sort of exhale. Um, business-wise, it was definitely very tough. Um, obviously, being a... A bespoke brand everything that I did was customer facing um you know my consultations with with customers fittings everything was so intimate and with my bespoke brand it all is the whole process is very intimate with the individual client mm. um so it was very difficult um I thankfully just before COVID hit I did actually get a job so it kept me going um, but I think business-wise, everyone has struggled. Yeah. Um, and I, th- 
I, there are benefits to it, I think, for the fashion industry. There's definitely a push towards a more sustainable way of having a brand. Um, and I think that that works well for me because the way that I've structured my bespoke brand, it's definitely more sustainable. But um, also in the things that I've learned through that, the way that I'm structuring the, the new um, online brand, I'm definitely looking at um, how I can make the, the brand more sustainable, but also very limited. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be a brand that produces thousands of one item that everyone can have. They are investment pieces. Yeah. And they will be things that, that hopefully will last for generations if you want them to. Um, so yeah, I think that there, there are definitely highs and lows, mm. um, but I think it's always important to focus on the highs. And I have learned a lot over the last year um, so I won't complain at all. <laughs> and the fact that you're still here and obviously keeping a positive attitude is really exactly. impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's really sad when I always ask this question, you know, recently, just based on different mental states of, you know, where yeah. people are and just, you know, keeping that momentum going. And I think starting a business is the hardest thing before COVID hit. And now, of course, it's even harder than that. Yeah. But yeah. I count my blessings and I always say that if I hadn't have got a job when I did, I wouldn't be here today. I would not have a brand. Mm. Um, it's what's kept me going when I didn't have anything, any money coming in from my brand. So um, touch wood. And thankfully, it, it is something I'm, I've, I'm in a very lucky position where I've not had to close the doors to my business. Um, and it just gives me motivation to keep fighting, definitely, because I think that when you're in a situation where you've seen so many brands actually having to close down. Mm. Um, it's, it's very humbling to know that you're still around and you're still able to, to kind of grow and, and find growth from the experience that you've gone through. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It seems like if you can survive this, hopefully you can survive much more. Hopefully. Hopefully. But you know, speaking, touch wood. Touch wood, yeah, I'm got wood here, so no way. I'm yeah. in the head. Um, but speaking to that, I mean, when you first started, how was that for you? Was it because you said you were very much into, you know, fashion and you know drawings and so yeah. forth? But it's a very big leap. Were you, did you have a good support system that kept you going or uh, uphill? I back? have a fantastic support system in terms of my family. I um to date, I actually produce everything in-house with my bespoke labels. I have embroidery done abroad, but everything they get, then gets sent back and all the production is done in-house, mostly by myself. Um, but I have an incredible support system of people who literally have kept me going. And if I've had a meltdown, my mum always turns around and go, is always like, do you want to quit? <laughs> and I sit there like bawling my eyes out, weeping, going, no, I'm not telling you I want to quit, but I'm just telling you I'm having a hard time. I don't want to give up. So, um, especially you see you see loads of Asian families where doing something that is art-based is frowned upon and, and sort of would never be allowed but I'm thankful to say that I come from quite a modern family who have 100% supported me and never ever ever tried to force something else career-wise on me so it it definitely has helped. Oh yeah absolutely and I, I you know yeah. it's a great thing to have and I think well, you know, I can speak culturally as well for myself. It's always like, oh, yeah. school, get a good job. <laughs> yeah. and then you can chase your dreams after you get a good job and a mortgage and a family. Yeah. Then, before you know it, your yeah. whole time has spent doing something you didn't want to do. So the fact that you found exactly. it, it's great. Yeah. yeah, it's been amazing to be able to do that from the get-go and say that actually 
I'm able to forge a real path for myself in the fashion industry. Um, I wouldn't have been able to do so if I didn't have their support. So I'm thankful every day. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And how long have you been in business for? Is it been a while or has it been a couple of years? Or? It's been about five years, five years. since okay. I left my job. Um, so yeah, five years of working sort of in the control industry. And, and, you know, the bespoke side of it, it can be very difficult. Um, things are more costly and not everyone wants to spend the money. Hmm. So I, I think that it, it definitely has been tough, hmm. um, but it's five years of growth and it's five years of lessons that I've learned and things that things are changing. And actually when I got a job, it was because I'd sort of got to a point where I felt like my business wasn't going in the direction that I wanted it to. So I got a job to be able to take a back seat from it for a few months. Yeah. Um, which I had done and I was restructuring everything and it was going fantastically and then COVID hit. Mm. So what was only supposed to be a sort of two month sabbatical has turned into over a year of redeveloping and actually just honing in on everything and making sure that I have systems in place to make sure that I can do everything perfectly. Um, and, and if clients don't want to pay, you know, the money that I I'm quoting full bespoke pieces, then that's absolutely fine. I'm able to kind of say, okay, well, if we make this change or that change, then the price will be adapted in, in such a way. Um, so I do my best to, to work with clients' budgets and everything. But um, yeah, it, it's been five years of learning, definitely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it's interesting how you mentioned about, you know, just taking that time to pause and, you know, reflect. Yeah. obviously COVID happened and that extended it. <laughs> yeah. In terms of you as a person and your brand, because I guess your name is your brand and so forth. Yeah. How was that for you? Like that duality or uh, symbiotic relationship? Is it something that you identify yourself because of that brand or are you able to separate the two? Um, I don't think there is a separation between the two. Mm -hmm. um, I, I want to say I live and breathe fashion but I'm sat here in a sweatshirt at the moment because obviously just I'm not seeing anyone so there's no point no yeah um but I think that there is it can be quite difficult especially when you you have your own business and you're starting out and you're doing everything yourself it can be quite difficult to to separate the two as an identity but I also know that fashion is such an integral part of what I want to do and who who I am that they sort of just work together in harmony. Mm. Um, I don't think there is a schedule of the label and schedule apart away from it. Yeah. Um, although there may there may have to be sometimes. <laughs> um, more often than not, I am the same. It's just all. Actually, when when you sit down and think about it, I think it is just schedule the business all the time at the moment. Mm. Um, so yeah, that yeah. that's life. But yeah, I think it's important to talk about that because so many yeah. times it's like, okay, even though it's my business, I'm a separation of that. But once you feel creating something from the ground up, that's 100% yeah. of your time put into that. You know, yeah, exactly. Project, whatever the case is. So it requires that dedication, that focus. Yeah. Um, and then I, I know there's consequences to that, potentially burnout and just, you know, the rare tale, just everything happening. Fatigue. Fatigue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot yeah. of emotions that come out. Just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something. I, I, yeah, 
I think that one of the things that I've definitely um, learned more so throughout the last year is obviously just trying to fit time in. And I know that there are, for me, I definitely find that there are there are periods where I'm so busy because obviously I'm working um, in the day. So I work from seven to three and then the rest of the time is on business. But actually scheduling time to say, I'm going to go see this person or, or I'm going home early and I'm not taking my laptop with me. Um, so that I can spend the evening with my family um, you know it's so important to do that and and that's one of the biggest things that I've taken from the last year is really making sure that I schedule in that time and unfortunately I don't have the the flexibility to say oh you know I'll just see what happens one evening and and maybe I'll just do this or whatever but being able to schedule that and having people around me that understand that okay if I say that I'm taking the Friday evening off so we'll do something together that's absolutely fine because they know that I don't have all the time in the world to say oh you know whatever day it is it's absolutely fine mm. um so yeah just just kind of finding the time to do that um I I spent a lot of last year cooking um yeah, and that, that's where, where I took yeah I love cooking anyway and obviously just being stuck not being able to do anything we ended up having like three course meals in the middle of the week so it was fantastic <laughs> yeah it's amazing yeah yeah and, and you know I think it's like you said scheduling time and you know people that are aware of who you are will understand yeah and they'll yeah. promote the growth that you're going through which is you know amazing. yeah definitely yeah I mean I'm just thinking about someone sim in a similar situation or someone who's trying to get in that journey what advice would you have for them in, if they were to sort of start their own brand in, in that business world? Um, I think that it's always important to remember that things aren't going to happen overnight. Um, but also I think people should always be open to failures. Um, I, I've done various things over my time um, that haven't worked out for me. Um, and, and you know there are people out there that will find success quite quickly um, but there are other people that that do have to go through lessons and I think that you should be open to that it's easy when you're looking at social media to see people's successes and all these positives but it doesn't necessarily work out like that so as long as you remember that that it is a journey and you're open to kind of going through that whole journey whatever it, it brings you then you're fine yeah yeah, and I, that's, that's a, I think that's the reason why I mentioned how long you've been in business for, because yeah. I think so easily you can go to social media and you see someone just grow their business or grow their profile yeah. in such a quick span of time. And you're like, that's how the standard should be for everyone. And that's not the yeah. case, really. It's, you know, no. If you want something I mean, my, my, my bespoke um, Instagram, for example, um, I don't have like 20,000 followers on it, but I know that I've had a good you know or my, my customers came from elsewhere yeah. um but I also know that I went from posting constantly to actually going through a period especially last year where business was quite slow and I was restructuring and I, I took the extra time to to refine that restructure mm. that I haven't really been posting too much but I know from that there's so many other things that are coming in the future mm. that it's okay to do that yeah. um and, and funnily enough I'm part of an accountability group now it's just a, a group of five or six of us that are all in fashion we have our own brands in various different aspects um and um I brought that up to them because I was saying that you know I just with everything that's going on I don't have the capacity to be thinking about having to put content together for my new account and um they just said you know what 
it doesn't make a difference because that will come in time. And if that's not where you get your customers from at the moment, then you do not need to prioritize it. And so it's really important to understand that everyone's journey is going to be different um, and, and not to get caught up in what you see on the likes of Instagram or that kind of thing, because it, what works for some, uh, one person won't work for everyone else. Yeah, completely agree. And it's, yeah, yeah I think it, looking at those standards, it's, it's not yours, it's someone else's. And however they yeah, do, exactly. you never know. It's just, you know, very much yeah. in that sense. But I like how you said you had an accountability group. Uh, a group of people in the same industry it's fantastic yeah it's team. fantastic yeah. Uh, do you know what I, I was saying to um to like my, my mom actually um recently that it's so easy for me to sit there and say to to my family oh you know I'm going through this or there, there's so much work here and there's so much work there but actually they don't understand it mm. because they don't understand the industry and when I'm sat here working by myself they don't see all the little bits and pieces that go into say um, you know, having to put a tech pack together for my manufacturers and selecting fabrics and finalizing embroideries and all the different, all these different elements that go into both my bespoke and the and the ready-to-wear label, mm. they don't see it. So to have a group of people that all have fashion brands that are completely different from one another, there is a commonality there that they understand all these different elements that go into it and they understand the frustrations of working by yourself until nine, 10 o'clock or even later and, and the early starts and everything. So it's been fantastic to know that there is that element of support there. Mm. Um, and, and I think that sometimes I sit there and go, why didn't I do this sooner? Because I, I didn't realize that this would be so beneficial to me. No, it's great. I, I mean, yeah. yesterday was, um, was it International Women's Day. Right? It was. Yeah, so yeah. just seeing like the championship of just like, oh yeah, we all support each other in that sense. And yeah. seeing, women do good things and great things in terms of breaking barriers and so forth. And then collectively you're working together and helping each other. Yeah. It just shows like, yeah, anything's possible to, you know, put your minds together and do something. It's so important as well. It's definitely really important to, to support one another. I think that, you know, again, there's been experiences that I've gone through where people have, have actually kind of bitten back at me for things that I, I haven't even done. And, and there is definitely, um, always going to be there are always going to be people who don't support you and don't like you and um you know that that's absolutely fine not everyone is going to like you but if you find a group of people that you can work with and that can support you and that you can support wholeheartedly as well it's so important because we're all in the same situation especially at the moment with covid everyone is going through the same thing um and so there's no point in battling one another there's enough success for everyone to be able to share and and that's the way that I see it. I'm happy to support other people um in, in the same way that I would hope to be supported by others as well yeah completely agree and that, that yeah. I think that's the key of you just mentioned something there's enough you know in the table for everyone to yeah exactly the walls and when you have that yeah. scarcity mindset it's like okay I'm not going to support that person because it's going to take away from my opportunity to do better for myself yeah it's not a great attitude to have and it just no of course of course yeah. not yeah, so yeah. yeah, I just, you know, I like obviously hearing that from people and hearing it from yourself, it's, it's just a great thing. Um, okay. but just thinking about just one last question, um, in terms of, like you said, you've given the advice and so forth, but where do you see yourself going like five years if you had the opportunity to sort of pivot where you want to go? 
Um, well, there's so much I want to achieve. Um, I don't know if five years is enough time for that, but I definitely, obviously starting up the new brand, um, that is my main focus at the moment, because I think that the way that the industry is going and with everything with, with COVID, um, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, so I think that scaling up my online business is definitely really important for me. I want that to be an international label. I'd, I'd love to be able to see things being worn in America or India and all that kind of stuff. So um, I'm definitely focused on that. I have a new collection that I'm currently working on. I have a next collection ready to, to go into sampling and everything. So there's all these things happening. Um, but ideally, I would like to, to think that I could be situated out in the East mm. um, with everything that I have in terms of the, the brand and the embroideries and everything. It just makes so much sense. Um, but alongside that, I think it's really important that the message that I carry through my labels is um, is heard a lot more. Yeah. I think that when at the moment, because there's so many things going on, it can get a bit lost. But um, I definitely want to either, you know, be doing some more charitable work or have or um, I'd like to have set up a charity um, that is linked to um, to both the labels. Um, hopefully in five years that'll be something that is is done and, and I can do more work and champion not just women but just people um, and, and, and skill sets and that kind of thing I you know the dream is that one day I'll have a studio out in India mm. and um, I'll be able to provide people out there you know it, life is hard for a lot of people and I know that in India personally I've seen it um, you know people have a very hard time and um, often women are thrown out on the, on the streets and, and they don't have a livelihood for themselves. And I'd love to be able to provide them with a skill set and a job and a place to stay that gives them a livelihood so that if they leave, they know that they can actually go get work elsewhere. So there, there's definitely a lot that I want to do um, in terms of having a core message and, and how um, important it is to, to operate with meaning. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I, I just love the whole message there because not, first off, you've got the clothing brand and confidence is the thing that you're trying to yeah. make people feel. But then out of that, you're trying to support people, hopefully in time when it yeah. happens. Like, that's the biggest contribution I think anyone can have, that child course. Course So yeah, it's just amazing. And of, of course, there's a lot that's still going on. We can't fix everything, but we can definitely have no. a conversation. And, you, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you can, I, I always think that, you know, I may not be able to, well I probably I won't be able to to get rid of all these issues but I can definitely do my part to help resolve them yeah. and and that's all you can ask for is do what you can to the best of your ability to bring something better into the world so yeah that that's where I see myself in five years <laughs> I like the way that I feel like this is the perfect ending to, to the episode but yeah. <laughs> I like that quote um where can people find you um so <laughs> between the two labels um, yeah. on on instagram um you can either go to sejal anujashar or the new one which is anu by sas mm. um they're both linked so if you go onto one you'll be able to find the other nice. um, and at the moment my website is sejalanujashar.com and the new website is coming soon awesome awesome i'll link everything in the description and i'm sure everyone will be able to find you there yes awesome awesome well I like this episode. I like the I like the idea of what you're doing. Thank um, you for having me on. It's been fantastic. Yeah, I enjoyed the conversation. All right then. Thank you.
Are you frustrated trying to plan your goals and make sure your team works effectively as well as not using spreadsheets to do it? Yeah, it's frustrating. I know. I've been there. But I'm here to help. Culture.com actually has a product service which involves a lasting consultation from yours truly, um, Stephen. So if you want to support the podcast because it is ad-free, definitely go to Culture.com, book a consultation with myself and I can help your team perform in a more effective way that also reduces time, effort, and, of course, money. We don't want to spend money, do we? We want to save that money. So without further ado, enjoy this episode. Hey, podcast listeners, thanks for listening, and thanks for my special guest, and thanks for clicking that play button. But I need you to do four things for me. I want you to like, comment, subscribe, and share this content. It will help tremendously with the growth of this podcast and I'm producing more content than ever. So I want you guys to be the first to know and I want others to know as well. So do those four things for me and help this podcast grow to a bigger platform. Thanks for listening.